0: Welcome to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Make sure to listen to us on 16, 11am or via the SEN app. And remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SEN Top End. The full shows and interviews are also available on Spotify as well as the Apple Podcasts under Fridays in the (coughs) Top End. With that out of the way, how are we
1: lads? Yeah, very good, eh, Jacko? It's been a great week.
0: Beautiful weather. It has. I like this weather. It's a bit up and down this weather. Uh, Well, it hasn't been up up and down this week. It's been very consistent. Rain, wet weather, but a lot of people complain about that. I, I love it. I love the wind. It cools the place down about 5 or 10 degrees, which which in Darwin still makes it pretty hot, but yeah. uh, it should make it for an interesting round of football again. Last week was pretty wet as well. How wet was our show last week at the waterfront? Yeah, that was yeah, very stormy, wasn't it? That was interesting, I yeah, hope. for all those regular listeners, there was a bit of extra noise in the background. Oh, mate, we had sponsor <laughs> signs falling on us and yep. debris flying into the table. It was wild <laughs> weather. Hey, Raf, a big final for you tomorrow. Are you feeling any pressure taking an undefeated team into the finals?
2: Yeah, mate, I guess, um, you know, they're always having a week off at any any grade is always a, a hard one um, to see how the boys respond in that first quarter. But like I said all, all year, I've been blessed with a really, really talented side. And mm. um, whether the the wet weather um, brings us down a, a couple of steps. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty keen on, on getting it going and um, having a game, mate. But I... I still again. Tahimi's not responding well to um, mm-hmm. trying to put some work into it, so I'll stand on the sideline and coach and, and, and back the boys in, but I reckon they'll, they'll get, definitely get us a
0: win. Ralph, anything can happen in the finals, mate. I coached an under-12s team about nine years ago, and we were unstoppable all season. Average winning margin by about 50 points. Then in the grand final, we played a rampant Palmerston team, and we were down by 21 points at one stage. Now, it had a happy ending for myself. We did come back, we did win the game. Jacob Lonkey seven from half-back and didn't get best on ground but we ended up getting the chocolates but I tell you what they were nervous times Robbie does it make me a bad bloke that I kind of hope that Raf's put under this pressure I hope that some other team can come out firing and and make Raf do a bit of work for one. I think the Southern
1: Districts boys have said that they're uh, hunting heads is that right well yeah
0: we'll see what happens Um,
2: yeah it's the interesting one, uh, it, uh, we're finally going to have official umpires, so yeah. not the club umpires where you know they they were too scared to blow, blow any you know real hard free kicks and mm. and give any any cards especially. So I think that's going to be the and we've had a chat about it because there's a couple of boys on my side that. You know, you, you poke them a couple of times, they're going to turn around with a, a flying fist. So, yeah. had to warn them, and I warned them again on Saturday because the, the you know, um, officiating umpires are going to be from AFLNT, so they're not going to take any, no. any um. You know, back chat or anybody, wild footy. So, yeah, yeah I had to re- remind the boys that I want to be coming in at halftime with um six or seven blokes on the bench um, because of a couple have been sent off. So,
0: <laughs> I understand the nece- necessity for the club umpire, but it does make it really tricky, obviously. No one can fully remove their biases yeah, and, and that's the awkwardness it. of sending off a mate or something. They, yeah,
2: and the, and the hardest <laughs> one, I, I, I'd I hate to do it as well because our umpire that we had all year, I think he paid more for it. Ex- against yeah. us, so Almost <laughs> and, like overcompensating. And then when yeah, he's yeah. sitting back at the club with the boys having a beer, the boys are like giving him, you know, giving him some grief. <laughs> May one, one shout at so. him a beer that night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it definitely would be a hard gig. So looking forward to having a, a proper officiated mm. umpired game.
0: Hey Rob, I went down to watch some junior footy with you on Monday night, the mm. under 12s Division 2 and... The young fella, Sebastian Hale, has a chance to follow in your footsteps as a St Mary's Premiership player. His team
1: straight through to the grand final. Yeah, Pretty proud moment as a father. Yeah, no, he's coming about his footy pretty good. I never really pressured him with his football. And he's um, yeah, he's he's under Luke Stapleton there, and he's the captain of his team and made the rep side as well with Molly Oldhouse as his coach, who's on the show later on today as well. So, mm. yeah, I thought it was a good win, though, Clark, in the end.
0: Yeah, no, it was my first time watching the young man, and he definitely... Doesn't take after you with his attack on the ball. He is an absolute beast, the way he puts his head over it and tackles. And I know there yeah. are a few contests there that, that I reckon you would have shirked even at the number 12th level. Yeah, but um, tackles. There's your shout-out, Seb. Hey, it was a big week uh, for myself as well, the release of the St. Mary's Football oh, Club yep. book, The Green Machine, 70 Years of the St. Mary's Football Club. Good news for me, at least, was we sold out within 24 hours. So there will be a second uh, order at some point. So if you're interested in celebrating that club's great history, get in touch with me somehow. But we need to get on. We need to get rolling. It is finals in the NTFL. And my favorite segment now that the top end 10's gone is, of course, the NTFL. Good, bad, and ugly.
2: It's now time for good, bad, and ugly on Fridays
1: in the Top End. With the good... So the good would have to be Waratahs. They have really struck, uh, snuck under the radar somewhat. Ryan Evans would have to be one of the best tactical coaches alongside Shannon Ruska. Waratahs were able to play the conditions to a tee and move Jaden Magra up the ground a bit more, freeing him up. Ed Morris and Rob Turnbull looked to double-team Dylan at times throughout the game to great effect. Um, they had 13 state league level players play on the weekend of St. Mary's 7 and it really showed. When it clicks for Waratahs, they're the best side in the comp. After a 22-year drought, a premiership drought, though, they need to, for it to continue to click now for the next two or three games. Darcy Hope, Jaden Magro and Dill Collis are their big dogs for mine. But when you add in Ed Morris, Joel Crocker, A-Bankers, Adam Gould Scooter Carlin and Arnold Kirby, also, and they also fire, they're the real deal and now trying to, they are peaking at the right time of the year.
0: I agree. I don't think the job is done just yet. Um, obviously.
1: Oh, I but. think that's the criticism mm. for mine. Like, In what way? It, oh, it's just they need a premiership. So, like, I, I, they look to have relaxed a bit from last year. Mm. when they won on the weekend. like and I, I'm, Yeah, like they just need to get the wins and w- break that premiership drought now. Maybe they
0: won by too much. Maybe it will give them a little bit of false confidence heading into a, an angry St Mary's over the next couple of weeks and Southern Districts too, for that matter. We yeah. seem to be forgetting about them, or at least I do. But, uh, hey, I want to know because we have been touring the town a little bit, Guru. And um, whenever I need to skip the queues in line or get in free entry, I always go out with you. And I have been hearing a little whisper that some of these football clubs, especially the Waratah Football Club last week, have been using our show as ammunition. And hearing Mm -hmm. about all that Magro stuff and the wizard under the bed, we've seen a few comments on social media. Do you reckon what we say has an effect, Rob?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, it's interesting to see that they cared, though, which is good, because mm. I think it's a different insight that we're n- we've now giving, though, guys, to the NTFL football and um, a bit more critical analysis. And But, yeah, I think if, if there's a lot of positives in the Waratahs' win, but unless they bring home a Premiership Cup, it really means nothing to me. Yeah, mm. I,
2: I, and definitely the way the w- Waratahs responded, I think we, mm. we mentioned the rain was going to, you know, mm. slam down and make it even more harder contest for them because mm. they'd like that outside free, clean football and, for them to respond and, and make St Marys look like they were second rate um, mm. is, is credit to Ryanairs and the boys. Um, you know, Waratahs. Oh, it was yep. a
0: complete performance. Really, it's very hard to criticise any aspects of Waratah. We put them on them. I think we all tipped St Marys last week, and they've come out and, and annihilated St Marys. It wasn't really even close in the end. I think yep. the Saints had a few kick four goals in the last quarter, but I watched the first three quarters, and it was it was very one-sided. Yep. The
1: bad. Oh, it has to be Saints. They started poorly against Tars two weeks ago, and then they did it again last week in wet conditions. One out of, four, out of the four games, this one was billed as a blockbuster, and the bookies couldn't even separate them at the start of the game. The major concern for mine is when their best four or five players don't impact to their usual level, who stands up for them? I think a weakness is that their midfield gets too far forward. They'll need to adjust that this week. Crocker and Collis sliced them through the corridor off half-back last week. They have, they have a fair few local juniors who are still developing who struggled on the weekend, and they, and they have a points issue that's similar to Nycliffe's with some very good three-pointers in the in the B grade. So those kids will need to bounce back this week. Um, Raff and Jack, I guess, are you guys concerned with their performance or do you just consider it a one-night, sort of off-night for the Saners?
0: I reckon that it's interesting because I can never, and we've seen in previous years, we can never rule out St. Mary's. They are just such a well-drilled team. Uh, there was a little bit of a different feel oh, about awesome. them on the weekend. It didn't seem like, you know, I say the St. Mary's of all, but the St. Mary's of is even as recent as last year, they looked a little bit uh, second-guessing themselves. I don't know if that attack on the ball, if that willingness to run back and defend was there last weekend. It could have been a one-off. Obviously, the weather, uh, as it turned out, probably didn't suit them. We, we, we may have got that wrong last week when we were talking about how the wet weather probably suits them. Yeah. Um, perhaps they will be looking for a dry deck now. Um Jay Boyle is... A, and we'll talk about the inclusions later in the show. But I think if the weather is going to be heavy tomorrow, I don't mind that inclusion. Obviously, mm. it comes at the expense of someone like a Sam Fowler, who, who is another player on a dry day. Who I'd be picking in my top 3 fines. Mm. Um, but look, I don't know. I would be interested in Raf's opinion. He's a bloke more in the inner sanctum and, and a former premiership player yeah. himself. Yeah, it's a, it's a, they did look um, second-rate and a bit slow, like we said. I said before.
2: Um, but yeah, I it's a bit worrying signs actually like mm. I you know like you said you'd never ride off the St Mary's but um, yeah if they, if they come out and start to slow again like even the team like Nycliffe who keep you low scoring and these weather conditions will even suit Nycliffe even more um, so hopefully Saints have had a, you know a light, light week on the track and, and save some good running in their legs so yeah mm. like you said Rob if those four or five players it, it sort of drops away pretty quickly um, a lot quicker than I expected mm. um, so you need yeah, like we said, you need your your worst players. You know, is the way you you rate your side. So it's it's going to be an interesting one. And I think North, with the way they've been playing and keeping teams to a low score, um, Saints have got a really you know, mm. got their work cut out from this weekend. I reckon. So be interesting to see how they bounce back. Um, yeah, but the quality they have, I'll back them to bounce back.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And and you also got to remember, this is going to be, they've gone for four grand finals in a row, which takes a toll on any club, you know. So I think that could be a factor as well. So I'll start with the ugly. Hold on.
0: I also think, too, another one about St. Mary's, which is going to make it tricky, is that Mm. there's probably a genuine, and this is harsh on Nycliffe, but everyone said that there's a genuine top three with three premiership contenders, Mm. and now Saints are going to have to go through both as opposed to, you know, going the direct route like Southern Districts could if they get a win tomorrow against Waratah. So Mm. they've got to beat both Waratah and Southern District now to... Yep. to win the flag or and not confident exactly so you got to beat all three
1: yep so the ugly I mean, I mean this from the best place possible but there are two things I wasn't happy with about the coverage of the games first they need to make sure the correct school gets put on the score um mm-hmm. This is something the commentators must keep an eye on. Um, it went on for too long last week. I was getting texts about how good, um, I thought it was, Buffaloes were going, and I looked at the score, and it was the scores were even. Mm. Um, then I had to go back and rewind, and, and that, that just needs to be better. Um, this is something you notice as well, Clarkie, but it's also the replays need to be a lot more precise. Mm. The Buffalo's Nycliffe melee at three-quarter time, we couldn't even see because I plan a rebound, re, rerun of someone going for a mark on the mm. wing or something ridiculous. And Maybe often, that was by design. Yeah, oh, I don't think they think that far. Head. but often the replays like play where, where the players are you know they're going someone's running inside 50 to have a shot like mm. kick it to a play and they're going with a rebound like a replay back of someone marking the ball across half back and we don't see the inside 50 play and it's yeah. something you brought up as well, well Clark, I think a it's couple something weeks
0: ago. yeah I mean it's <coughs> tough like because to be able to I don't know how it works behind the scenes obviously mm. you've done a bit of commentary I've I've been in a box before doing all that sort of stuff but I don't know how, like, what technical skills are required to be able to run replays and stuff like that, but you need that blend of those technical skills and also a bit of footy knowledge, you know, mm. and a bit of awareness, a bit of reading of the play, so that, yeah, like you said, you're not cutting when. Jackson Court is about to take mark of the year, and then we're looking at a, at a replay of the ball going out of bounds or something like that. Yeah. But I also think the replays are a tad too long as well. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they'll replay a whole 15, 20-second piece of vision where it could just be like that last little 5, 10-second bit.
1: Yeah, but, and also like with the score, that's just done on the laptop, like a young fella next to us, and then yeah. the young fellas will be sitting on their phone texting, and then you're like, oh, like put the score in and they put the wrong team and they just go back to their phone and people on li- like sitting live watching it like they just you know it,
0: just a it used team. to frustrate me a couple of years ago when they didn't even have the scoreboard box and <clears throat> then they wouldn't pan constantly to the the scoreboard, scoreboard. itself or they need play, <laughs> yeah. they need the commentary I think in fairness to those young fellas on their phones um, you need to have the commentators constantly talking about the score you know it's just it's mm. local football i think whenever there's a break in play whenever there's a stoppage it's oh yep, yeah, you know second quarter 15 minutes in tars lead by 13 points or something like that just yeah, a I constant used to update wouldn't go astray.
1: yeah i used to do that as well and then try to cuz i didn't want to tell the kid that that's why the you're the best in the business <laughs> guru <laughs> yeah still yeah. couldn't get a gig there but um <laughs> Yes,
0: that's, that's pretty much the good, bad, and ugly, guys. Very good. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. We are back in the beautiful Rain and Horn Darwin studio where they will love your listing. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. We are with the guru, Robbie Hale, going through the season that was for the Darwin Buffalos. Where to next for the Buffs?
1: Oh, I think their highest point was their... When I commentated their game uh, in the first half against Crocs in round five, was high pressure, pace and big hits. It was buff circa Mm -hmm. 2017-18 season. I would have loved to have seen that game played out. I was super impressed with their fight and elimination final as well in a game that I thought Nycliffe would be too strong in. Jared Stokes plays, they win that game. Lowest point would have had to be in the round 16 loss to Nycliffe. Mm. Just seemed like it wasn't their day, and they have uh, and they and they just sort of throw the towel in at halftime. Maybe they left at halftime. Really,
0: yeah, it was a big game for them that one. Look, I'm interested in your where to next, but we are very pressed for time. I think they've got too many midfielders, averaging around 10 to 12 disposals. They're good, yep. hard, skillful players, but I don't think you can impact a game with that amount of football. Could yep. these players perhaps be reinvented in different positions? Um, and they need to get a key defender. Uh, obviously, Liam Whelan and Ryan Pendlebury were very, very uh, important for them last week. Yep. Hey, Molly Oldhouse is next. Speaking of the Buffaloes, this is SEN Fridays in the Top End. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. We have Molly Oldhouse on the line and we will get to her in just a minute, but we need to finish off our review on the Darwin Buffaloes Football Club. Uh, I said that we have perhaps too many midfielders averaging around that 10 to 12 disposals. Again, really really good players. They bring a lot to the team but I I think they need to be getting a little bit more of the football. Uh, And of course the key position area is an area of improvement for the Buffaloes. They were relying on blokes like Will Robinson and Kevin Moroni, who were just a bit too undersized to take on these big guerrilla forwards. Mitch Robinson and Jared Stokes could be the best midfield duo in the competition and throw in Don Brew and you've definitely probably got the best midfield in the competition then the Nichols medalist he enjoyed his time at the Buffaloes and from all reports will be back next season and I expect Robo Mitch Robinson to have a more hands-on approach with recruitment next season and knowing his time in the AFL he'd have quite a big contact list I've also heard a rumour that the prime train Tommy Bulch may be based up here for large portions of the year and not classified as a flying player but uh, Rob I'm interested in your take on this because I think it's go time now yeah. for the Darwin Buffaloes I don't blame anyone who says they've been disappointed with how the club's gone since the 17-18 grand final. And as you said, Jared Stopes, the skipper, is one of, if not, the best player in the competition when he's up and firing, but he's 28-29 now. So you want to make the most of that talent quickly.
1: Yeah, I think you covered a bit of what I had to say, so I won't go over that stuff. But I think they'll, they could finish as high as third next season, as low as maybe sixth or seventh mm-hmm. um, with those midfielders. But they need to strengthen the key backs. Ben Archer's return would be rather sooner oh, yeah. rather than later. I'd like to see that. Um, but they have three elimination final losses in the last four seasons now. So mm-hmm. they need to aim for top three next season, or a finals win as a bare minimum for mine now. Um, Seven out of ten for my rating this season,
2: rough. Yeah, it's, it, it's that's a question we say that they're that about, mm. um, and like you say, that couple of key backs would be a, a big turning point for them, I guess. And because the rest of the team once is up and about, you know, yeah. we, we see as the top four, top three side, and mm. yeah three elimination final losses in a row, it's definitely time for them to pull the trigger and go right in. And that, Mitch Robertson, what you said, mm. with the recruits he could possibly bring in. If you bring three or four players who are going to live up here and stay in and they can build that side, yeah. um, they're, they're, they're a, bloody, a team to look out for next year. So, What's your rating? Uh, I'll, I'll go about a six or a seven. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I just wish they'd beating Nycliffe last week. It was one of those similar things and the same like you mentioned earlier. like Once they started to get behind in the mm. scoreboard, it was almost like, oh, I think a Buffalo's going to do this. To the Buffalo's of old where, right, game's over. We'll um, mm. put the queue in the rack. So I'd like to see him. That's a big turning point for them would be to be able to come from behind and win a few games. Um, Is It's something you never see Buffalo's do over the last few years. So.
0: But I think that there would be people at the Buffaloes who wouldn't begrudge me for saying it was a 6 out of 10 just because it was a competitive season and, and you know, every football team's are in it, every NTFL team's in it to win it um, and, and you know, we've finished 5th out of 9 teams but I think a 7 out of 10 is also a fairly accurate reflection. Molly Oldhouse, we need to get to her, one of the absolute stars of the AFL, the NTFLW Women's Premier League, sorry, yeah, got there yeah, in the end, uh, competition, a Gwyn medalist last year. Uh, Molly, do we have you on the line?
3: Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Can
0: you hear me? We might have been speaking too much. Molly, do we have you?
3: Yeah, I'm here.
1: I can't hear her. Can you hear her, Rob? No, I can't hear her. All right, we might... A few technical issues there.
0: A few technical issues there, but hey, look... I that's that's a very interesting game. Obviously, the, I'm talking about the the Buffett-St. Mary's game. I'm interested to see if there is a little bit of spite in that contest. Obviously, uh, Gemma Iacono has been a star player in the NTFL competition for a long time now, mm. former Buffaloes player. How do you think, do you think Gemma and, and Takesa Doherty-Cole, both stars who left, it was probably the biggest, the most high-profile transfers um, in the Women's Premier League for a little while now. Do you think they would be, obviously not regretting their decision, but do you think they'd be happy? Do you think they're going to be Saints long-term?
1: I think there was talk that they were going to go back the year later but mm. I don't I think that sort of doesn't seem to be happening in what from what I've heard lately. Um, I think they gave it enough chances f- for yeah for their own issues but
0: mm. we
1: hopefully have Molly Oldhouse
0: on the line. Molly are you there?
3: Yeah.
0: Can you hear me? I can <laughs> yeah. Molly, we've got yeah. Hey, um, I was just fine. talking to Rob. I was just talking to Rob Hale about whether it was potentially going to be a fiery game, because it's a big match this weekend with St. Mary's. Every game is always a big game when it's an elimination final. But with former players like Gemma Iacono and Takesa Doherty-Cole, obviously Takesa's out with a knee injury, is there a little bit of added feeling in this contest?
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, coming in from last year with Gemma on our team and winning a premiership with her, she was obviously a big part of our club. And I think having her on the opposing team, I mean, it is what it is, but... Yeah, I reckon
0: it'll definitely be a fiery game. Very good. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Get down and watch that game. I tell you guys, it's going to be fireworks. Hey, Molly, a Gwynn medal last year, that is an amazing achievement. It must have been a huge honour for you. And how have you rated your form this season? Because in the AFL, they talk about like the post-Brownlow blues where the second year after someone wins an individual award, they find it hard. They get extra attention from the opposition. How have you found your season?
3: Yeah, coming into the season before Christmas, I think I put a lot of, self-pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm getting much pressure from everyone else around me, but it's just self-pressure that I put on. I don't know why I put on myself, but I do. But I reckon the second half of the season has been a lot better for myself. So, yeah, I think I've been alright.
1: Yeah, and how's the side stacking up this week? Molly with Ebony Miller had a really good game last week. Is there any uh, new key-ins for uh, tomorrow's game?
3: Um... No, not that I know of. I think we've got pretty much the same team. I think that'll be really good coming off last week because we've been able to delve a bit more. So having the same team will be good.
1: Yeah, best of luck for that uh, hit out tomorrow. Do you have any aspirations to play at a higher level, AFLW or any State League uh, stuff in the off-season?
3: Yeah, well, I've been in talks with a team in Victoria, so um, hopefully I'll be going down there soon.
0: Sounds good. Hey, it was a 50-point smashing the last time you played the Saints their way, their way. How are you going to turn that around?
3: We won, yeah.
1: That was a 50-point on the one before, I think. Which one? When did they play Last. That we- was <laughs> like about five weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, Buffs so, got him yeah, Buffs last got time. Last <laughs> time. Oh,
0: look, we've got a competition, Molly, of who can ask the stupidest question. Yeah. And, and Robbie was in front um, for about the last sort of 20 weeks asking Malkov Tottenham about his experience at the Nichols medal that was, that was live streamed. So I might have taken the cake with that one. But what do you think of the keys <laughs> to victory tomorrow, Molly? What, what, how are you going to get that win?
3: I reckon our team is very based on, like, vibes, I guess.
1: So mm. like,
3: if everybody's up and about, then we'll be all right. It's just getting everybody in the right headspace to the game, going into the game. And then I reckon everything just falls into place after that.
2: Hey Molly, it's Raf here. Um, how do you guys think you go? Do you play better footy in the rain as it's side or do you want a drier day for, for tomorrow? Um, I know the dry day is not going to come. So is it wet weather something you, you guys are good at or is it something that you, you wish wasn't happening?
3: Well, we've got a lot of quick players that are quick on the ground. So, like, if it's wet weather, they'll be able to carry the ball a bit more and then get it off. So, I don't know. I don't think we really mind the wet weather the game. It's a bit more rough and tough underneath the packs and stuff, and I think that's what we like. Yeah,
2: definitely suits the Buffaloes, I think, mm-hmm. the wet weather and the, the, the body and the rough and tough stuff. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's a, an advantage to you guys, so...
0: Yeah, so Molly, um, again, I apologise for the incredibly silly question. I was going through the NTFL Play HQ and the game that I was referring to was the game where Sarah Perkins played. I remember thinking, hey, Buffalo's going to get them here. But it was all the Saints that afternoon. But of course, the last time you played, it was a starring performance from Kylie Duggan, Taylor Hardaluni, Crystal Brown leading to a 50-point win. So you would definitely be hoping for a similar result this time. But let's talk about uh, some of your coaching. You're coaching the junior teams at the Darn Buffaloes. You're coaching doing some school sport NT stuff. Is that something that you really enjoy and will look to continue doing into the future?
3: Yeah, well yeah, definitely. Um, just giving back, you know. Like, people give up their time for us to play, so why not give up our time for other people to play? Mm.
2: Yeah, Molly, that's awesome to see, um, especially when you're uh, someone like yourself in form and the most sort of uh, standout footy player at the moment and it's good that you're giving your time back to the young kids because that's um, the easiest way to get them to listen is get get one of the stars of the competition so I'll take my hat off to you for that and giving up your time so I hope you continue with that and good luck with
0: it all Good work. hey Molly uh, yeah no worries so uh, where do you think your best position is? You're a bit of a player who can play anywhere I think Um, definitely do you enjoy playing in the ruck and just being around the ball?
3: yeah i definitely enjoy playing the rock so then i can just do whatever i like really but i don't mind being up in the forward but wherever the team needs me you know i'm easy i'll go wherever
0: yeah and playing representative football over the past couple of years we've spoken to Brody newman and a few other players about pulling on the yellow ochre and black what has that meant to you
3: you know growing up in the nt being from the nt it's, it's everyone's dream and um to be able to do it three times and at such a young age, is really, I'm really grateful for it, and I'll do it again and again and again.
0: Yeah. Hey, Molly, thank you very, very much for joining us. Good luck not only with your football, but with your under-12s coaching through to the second week of the final after a forfeit. But, hey, we won't go into that. It's um, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a touchy no. <laughs> subject around town, so we'll, we'll give that a miss. But good luck with all your football.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. Good luck See tomorrow,
0: Malty. But uh, Molly, but just take it easy on those same skills, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing.
1: Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top Band, 11 AM. Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Yep, so uh, Jacko has done that Saint Mary's book, so he's put a lot of time and effort into that Raf. So if anyone uh, can get, get through to the NT football page and get onto him, uh first lot sold out, which is um which is gonna be a stressing point for him and it was actually really good that it got through for him there, Raf.
2: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to grab grab one, mate, so I'm mm. gonna have to wait for the second order and unless one of my teammates or past teammates have bought a couple too many um yeah then yep. i'll be getting my hands on one
1: yeah definitely and uh thanks molly oldhouse for that interview as well
2: yeah definitely Mo- molly's one of those girls that um I'll, i like watching the way she goes about her footy rob she mm. it just looks like she does it with ease and, and naturally gets around and you know when she has to turn a game on its head she she puts a bit of extra effort in and then all of a sudden she's pops up in the forward line, kicks you one or two goals and Hmm. gets the buff girls over the line. So she's one of the stars of the competition. So thanks again, Molly, for for the interview.
1: Yep, so thanks, Molly. We had the uh, Nycliffe defeated Darwin Buffalo 6-7-43 to 6-5-41. Close encounter. Nycliffe have ended the Darwin Buffalo season after winning a two-point thriller in Saturdays wet, in uh, wet conditions at 2AO Stadium. The double blue started as the better team, leading by 10 points at the main break, and restricting the Tigers to just two goals in the first half. A four-goal to nil third quarter swung the momentum Nycliffe's way and was the catalyst for the win. Jonathan Paris had one of his best games uh, of the season against his old club, while Brody. Filo and Bailey Edwards found plenty of the football. Jay Moody and John Butcher were the multiple, uh, were the goal scorers for the Tigers. Yeah, it was definitely, when
2: I was watching it, um, I I thought Buffaloes had their chances early to to put them away and the the way the Nycliffe's just hung around and I I ended up standing next to um, Majo McLean, one of the Mm. champions of the the AFL and the NTFL. And we both sort of said the same thing. Like, Buffalo's had to put them away in that first couple of quarters when they had plenty of the footy in their forward line. And they they just missed a couple of opportunities. And Mm. the longer they kept Nycliffe hanging around, it just looked like, oh, Nycliffe are ready to come, ready to come. And then as so, soon as that third quarter started and Nycliffe got that bit of momentum and kicked a couple of goals in a row, mm-hmm. um, you could sort of see the sort of writing on the wall, like, oh, don't tell me Buffaloes are sort of going to do that old, you know, that's no, no, it's getting too hard sort of thing. And yeah. it would have been great to see Buffaloes respond then and kick
1: two well, goals in return and, and, and push them back to the, yeah. the league. Well, they had, that, they had that big melee at three-quarter time and then Buffaloes, th- that went... You know, the other way because Buffs ended up scoring the first two goals of the last quarter and put themselves in front as well. But I think everyone was tipping Nycliffe to win that comfortably. And so I wasn't impressed with Nycliffe's performance. Drado, yeah.
2: So Yeah, well, i, I tipped Buffalo's. That's probably why I expected them to, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the amount of footy they had, that's what I'm, I was touching on. So I I, I reckon Buffalo's had their chances early um, yeah. to get a good lead and, and to make it a, a five or six goal goal. Um, Comeback that Nightcliff needed
1: to yeah, well, come back with. The bookma- bookmakers had buffs at six bucks, so that's how that much outsiders and other hey. people had them at. And, but anyway, Pay for the Buffaloes, uh, like me for having them, yeah. uh, I backed them in. So, yep. <laughs> uh, so the other game, Waratahs defeated St Marys, 13-8, 86. Uh, St Marys, 7-7, Waratah put a uh, strong claim in for premier fav- Premiership favouritism after commanding win over St. Mary's in Saturday's qualifying final. Great win in heavy conditions at 2 Stadium. From the onset, it was clear that Waratah had come to play. They dominated the contest early and opened up to a 27-point lead at quarter time. The match was essentially over by the third quarter as the scoring opened up later in the game. Jaden Magro kicked three goals in his much-publicised battle with Kieran Parnell, while Dicey, I hope, also influential with three majors. Uh, Tom Benolis starred and... Uh, uh, Brody Carroll had a strong performance as well.
2: Yeah, I unfortunately missed this one, Rob. I had a family um, function on, so... Um, yeah, that's why I made sure I'd, I'd got down to what's the Nycliffe and Darwin game. Um, but, yeah, in, in terms of the, the weather and the conditions, um, and especially the last time they played, it being a one-point game, I expected much similar. Um, I think we all expected much similar, and, and we thought this, the score was going to be like a Nycliffe-Darwin game where it was going to be a couple of points separating them again. But... Yeah, St. Mary's, um, after all of it, I think we all had them as premiership favourites a couple of weeks ago. Um, just Chucks, This sort yeah. of performance sort of makes you, you know, you start putting a question mark beside them and going, are they even going to get to the grand final? Because um, they're both going to have to beat, well, this weekend alone, they've got to get through Nycliffe, and we all know what Nycliffe can do in, in their score, um, you know, the low scores they have against them because their defensive efforts are top notch at the moment, Nycliffe. So... Yeah, St. Mary's got the work cut out for him, mate. Um, yeah, and it and it's definitely um, definitely puts him back into third position or even fourth position after that loss on the weekend.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely does. And um, the, the conditions in the end, I think we're wrong in predicting those conditions. Um, that did suit Waratahs, and Saints are going to need a really flat track, you know, a real quick track to um, to win the flag, I think. But... We'll just go through the Women's Premier League results and then we'll do a preview later for them, guys. But Darwin Buffett's beat Nycliffe 3-5-23 to 2 four sixteen. Buffets were well in control until three-quarter time and Nycliffe come home with a wet sail. Uh, Buffalo's served best by Ebony Miller, um, Frida Wasmomo. Uh, Osomo, sorry, got a bit of the footies, as well as Molly, one of our guests, Um, was influential. Uh, Michaela Ward was good for the Nycliffe Tigers as well, as well as uh, Sophie Hatzmarlis, and a few of those girls are in our sort of rep side as well. But that result sort of surprised me as well. I thought Buffett's would, you know, comfortably win, and that that was looking that way until that three-quarter time, um, the last quarter surge from the Tigers. Um, in the women's other game, they were Waratahs versus St. Mary's. That was a very good win there from the Tars, 6-4-40 to 4 5 from the Saints. Um, standout players were a couple of the girls that hadn't played much footy um, Lisa Maselli uh, Jordan Misford were very good and O'Brien at half back was also very good and St. Mary's just kick, kept kicking them the footy and it was really painful to watch at home eh, I'll tell you I sent my brother a message and said, you know, told him and then he sort of said oh no just text it to the keys to and I was like "No, nah, don't worry mate
2: yeah it, um, it was. It definitely was hard to watch mate um, mm. yeah it looked like um, the, the St. Mary's half forward line just allowed the, the Waratahs to set up in front of them or didn't, it didn't push yeah. up make it a two-on-one contest well, uh, at least bring the board to the ground all and them,
1: yeah all that might i would have
2: yeah would have been a, a halfbacker's dream um that game on the weekend i was if i was in that position you know you definitely would have got your 30 40 touches because you, you could stand in the way be one kick away from where the footy was every time for a waratah halfback or that extra defender and the St. Mary's women didn't round them up or didn't put Just any pressure them on them. So, yeah. yeah, make it a contest, bring it to ground, especially wet conditions. You get another stoppage and you've, you've gained 20 or 30 metres and then you go again. Um,
1: yeah, it, it seemed it, like the players were up, probably up the ground yeah, at the, the contest. up the ground trying to be then, around the contest yeah. and,
2: and sort of left the, the forwards one or two out against six um, backmen. So well, it was very stats, frustrating to watch.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you look at the stats. So Brian had 28 and Misfit had 20. And... They just yeah just kept bombing it too. Yeah, Missford
2: set up, and the way she um, used the footy as well was second to none, and that probably shows from her VFL experience. So a great game by Geordie Missford.
1: Yep. So that was um yeah. So that was there was a tad of a surprise, but I actually did have a feeling that I should have probably tipped Waratahs when I seen them run out. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. So anyway, we'll break to the news soon, Raf. Um, we're going to have. Uh, who's coming on next? Rob Clark interview. So just call a bit. We'll have a bit of a yarn about the other Springs stuff. There's a bit of stuff going on in other Springs. Yeah, um, it's,
2: it's, it's not good to see it um, affect the footy mm. as well, um, whether it's a way of trying to sort out the sort of the stuff that's happening off the field and on the street. Um, mm. But then again, I think footy is a, a, a good way to keeping people busy and keeping them, um, you know, involved in something. Where if the take away another you know something to, to keep the young kids and all that um just not distracted but involved in uh, yeah. I think it's <laughs> going to make the the town worse I'm I'm not sure that's my um lean on it but I, I it wasn't good to hear the news that the, the community football was going to be um, cancelled this year in Alice
1: Springs so we'll have more from Rob Clark in that later Yeah definitely will so after the break we'll have Rob Clark guys from Alice Springs You're listening to SEN Fridays in the Top End 16, 11am, Rain and Horn, Darwin We will love your listing Welcome back to Sen Fridays in the Top annual You're with Robbie Hale and Raf Clark, brought to you by Rain and Horn Darwin. Rob Clark, have we got you there, mate? Yeah, mate, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Um, Alice Springs Town Council passing that motion to block the Central Australian Football League's community clubs from playing at Trager Park um, coming into Alice Springs this season. What was your initial reaction with hearing this news?
4: I sort of wasn't surprised because it's been in the, in the wind for a little while. Um, so... Di- yeah, not not surprised.
1: is probably the, the short answer. Yeah, definitely. And I was in other Springs three weeks ago, and um, a couple of the community leaders that I'd spoken to said they sort of had been. They'd noticed that there was spikes of violence and that sort of stuff when the community when that sort of football stuff was happening. Was yeah. that sort of what you witnessed as well?
4: Oh, I don't think that's more. That's sort of a little bit unfair to say because there's so many mm. other. Um, ingredients to those outcomes, isn't it? It's um, yep. it's interesting that footy is about to start and the focus is on footy when we're having such issues all through summer when footy isn't played. So it's sort of I sort of get and understand the frustration, but I'm not sure it's the best solution.
1: Yeah, what what impact do you think it'll have on community football in Central Australia um, and the and the communities in general?
4: Well, I think it's it's a it's something that's really important for our. For our region, clearly, um, it's been around for a long time, and I just we need to focus more on the attached stuff to the footy and less on the footy. So the footy is already there; there's no effort required to inspire people to do that. It's it's more the the behavioural stuff and and you know, value adding to the opportunities when you play footy to, to grow as a person and as a community and as a club, wherever that may be
1: yeah definitely with the work I'm doing I'd really like to see some good infrastructure in the communities as well so they can have those home games there as well when needed. Um, with the dream time at the P game, the Central Australia Red Tails are set to face the Sunraysia Football League um, representative team in Mildura in April. Uh, the Sunraysia team could potentially field a number of ex-AFL players, inc- including uh, some names that I've seen, as Corey Gregson, Sam Carriage, Dallas Willsmore, Jared Brand- Brander, and Matt D. AFL great uh, Kevin Sheedy is expected to be in- the ambassador for the event. Exciting times ahead, isn't it for Central Australian football?
4: Yeah, it's good. It's like it's uh, just another another opportunity for these young people to aspire to try and try and make the side, experience something different. Probably most of them have never been to Mildura or all that around that region. So yeah, it value adds to, to what we're trying to achieve. And you know, getting Paddy rider on board is fantastic. He'll be in a couple of weeks to train with the lads. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, awesome Rob but Raf here, mate. Um just touching on that as well and then you, you talk about um people having an impact and having Maddie Campbell back involved with the junior footy and um on all that stuff there and Alice Springs, do you think that's a a big positive and a way of moving forward?
4: Uh yeah, like there's lots of lots of um ingredients to get get a good outcome isn't there. So, you know, Maddie's you known Maddie for a long time and clearly he's made it to the top and and be in that space so his his um experience and, and understanding of what's required is yeah very important to to develop our region for sure.
1: Yeah definitely and is there any sort of young players to keep an eye out coming through that sixteen to twenty bracket in that Alice Springs region?
4: Uh, yeah there's quite a few. Like got young Ricky Mentor who's 17 this year, Clear Ross, what's his son. Um, and then you've got uh, younger lads like Kavan Rogers. Um, in the men's space, then you've got young young players in the women's in space, such as Colin Campbell, who's in the AFLW Academy, Amani Francois, Ella Fitz, to name a few. Young um, Riley Kieran, um, Doreena Hanson who's a little bit older, but is you know a premiership player now for North Adelaide Footy Club last year. Um, who's you know from Tennant Creek and taking her opportunities, um, and you know she's still plenty young enough to to make it in the big time if she can get herself get herself right fast enough and strong enough she'll be an amazing woman. but yeah there's, there's plenty of getting around and, and the more we build these opportunities clearly more we'll think they can make it and, and try as well so we're, we're getting up to 60 at training at times on a Monday or Wednesday yep. and you know I think we've had as many as 27 or 28 at conditioning training which isn't the most Easy thing to sell around here But it's It's just changing that Mentality As you start getting that happening You'll get mm. Others drawing others in And you'll You'll find One or two or three That end up making it all the way
2: Yeah awesome
1: Yes, yeah, I've also seen Young Alando Turner Playing up at Palmerston There's massive raps on him From I think he's in one of the Academy sides as well I think um, As well coming through Is there any Going to be any surprises This season I've seen that uh, Charlie McAdam was named The Rovers coach What's your yeah. predictions For the up and coming season Rob?
4: yeah good question there's a lot of movement going on there's um people that have moved clubs all over the shop so it's going to be hard to say the Senator por has gone from over to, to um federals and uh, coaching them and I'm pretty sure he's sort of brought a fair few players to to federals so watching the movements has been interesting um so federals will look pretty dangerous i think in in the in the list they're building um but yeah look it's 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 interesting this place it's get a few games <laughs> of the board and it, and it can happen, so um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, and it's very transit to the football community here in regards to who's who's where. So just the final lineup will be a, a big, big, big um, reason for up
2: taking out the flag in 2024. Yeah, Rob, um, just another one for me, matey. um yeah. What are you looking forward to this year, mate? And is there anything um, you think needs to happen, or um, you know, to be put in place, or to, to you know, really get the footy back and Alice, um, fire in Alice to firing again, and maybe even get that community football back um, in in the next year or two.
4: Yeah, I, I honestly believe we need a we need a home for for the development of young people here, and that not just in footy, but in sport in general. Yeah, um, obviously footy is one of our biggest sports, so that that'd be a big portion of it. But just just getting people inspired or having people that are inspired by things such as sport, and then adding all that life skill stuff to it, I think. Number one, builds our community into a better, in a better shape but clearly there's um, more opportunity for champions to achieve from here. I think our sample connection um, is working really, really well. So we've got four lads going down there. i oh, sorry, six lads next week um, to play in the North Adelaide-South Adelaide trial at centre and Oval, I think it is. We've had um, six, seven, I think about eight women play for points for the league and it's only around three this weekend. Yep. Um, we've had Ka- Caitlin Couch named best on ground, South Adelaide Premier League versus Norwood, which is a fairly decent effort to achieve, flying in on the Friday and playing at 6pm on a Saturday. Um, yep. you know, and and the other amazing thing is to see how well these ladies at this present time until the men start is their GPS figures versus you know a highly, highly rated um, program in both South Adelaide and North Adelaide they at at the top, if not top, in a lot of the um, data. So it's pretty exciting to see that, and, and the sheer amount of work these young people are doing. Um, five days a week, they're training, and, we, and the reason that happens is they don't have lights to be able to achieve what we need to achieve in you know two or three days, that's better spread across five. So we're, we're certainly, it's exciting to see them grow and get stronger, and you know hitting hitting one point five k time trial marks at under five minutes, or close to five minutes, or just over five minutes. Um, yeah, I think that that's exciting to see, and I think they're all proud of each other, which is which is a positive thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's really great. Robs, give some one of the, some of the football stuff to aim for. That's a close connection there with the SANFL and Alice not being too far as well from Adelaide. Thanks again, Rob, for your time, mate. Thanks for your input, Rob. Excellent, mate. Cheers. There's Rob Clark there down in Central Australia, so yeah, there is a lot of issues going on down there, just um, but social issues, isn't it? So, yeah, and,
2: and, and it's good to see um, have Rob point out, um, you know, and using football as a stepping stone, which a lot of communities do all over the, the Territory, um, mm-hmm. and even, even across Australia, and because it or any sport in particular, because it brings that team aspect and it also it teaches you life skills. So if footy's the biggest sport um, that draws the most attention down there, and it can be a stepping stone. Um, I think it's a good way for Alice to go forward, especially with the off-field, um, the community issues, and mm. you know having Matty Campbell um, join their football program down there to be involved with the juniors and, and get a lot of them ready, and even it brings in other sports to be able to follow suit. Um, I think it's a good positive for the Alice Springs community and not just the football community. So thanks for that, Rob.
1: Yeah, it was. It was really good. And um, it'll be interesting to see who does play for uh, with A-Bankers as they're committing as well yeah, to a few, few teams Feds for the year because he has been <laughs> flying in and out of Ovens and Murray. And I know Charlie mcadam has been busy on the recruitment front for... Uh, for the uh, Rovers boys as well, trying to get some stuff locked in there, which is great to see. I think we'll go to a break, Raf. Um and then after that, we should preview some of these real good games of footy. Uh, I've got four top line men's and women's Premier League games to go through. You're listening to SEN Fridays in the Top M. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin.
3: We're about to as long as no one Hello
1: and welcome back, back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We're just going to do a bit of previews of the games ahead. Uh, we'll start with the Women's Premier League. We've got the Buffets going up against St. Mary's. Massive rivalry between these two clubs. Um, just depends on how the conditions go because the St. Mary's girls didn't play too good last week in the wet. So interesting to see if they sort out some of that game plan stuff as well. Raf, what's your predictions for this one?
2: Yeah, mate, it's going to be, like you said, a very fiery contest with a couple of the Buffett girls now, especially their better two players um, playing for the St. Mary's and uh, Taki's just out with that knee. So it's going to be... Definitely a fiery contest like the other couple of clashes they've had um, this year have been. Um, Yeah, and and Buffaloes have the wood over the Saints after their last uh, outing. So it's going to be a very interesting one. I think it's going to go right down to the line and uh, it's going to come down to who wants it more, I guess, and who's going to go lower and harder for longer. That's, That's a simple one for me.
1: Yeah, I'm tipping Saints in this one, but I'm not totally convinced. Depends on which Buffalo show up. And Molly Oldhouse did say that about the vibe and that sort of thing. And they did st- start pretty well last week. But I'm going Saints by about 20 points in this one.
2: Yeah, it's a hard one, mate, to pick. Um, just being a St. Mary's person, I'm probably going to lean to St. Mary's by maybe
1: just over a kick. Yeah, definitely. Um, so going into the other game, uh, Waratahs with that really strong commanding win over St. Mary's. Um coming up against pints though pints you know 15-1 season i did give them my team of the year um team of the season thus far the pints girls um the fair few unknowns coming in this one because i think waratahs haven't really had their full side their strongest side against uh pints and it has shown um they have had some heavy losses against them so and
2: it it was interesting to see the the way pints played oh not pints waratahs played against saint mary's and and the the king of football was there himself, Ricky Nolan, as always would be um, and getting ready to put his team through a game plan to, to suit. Um, so you gotta, I'm going to have to be leaning towards Pints for this one because I know the way Ricky Nolan coaches from <laughs> him being a past coach of mine and um, the work he puts into put, putting a game plan together and, and, and he, he'll have a game plan for those half backs who tore St Mary's apart um, last week, mate, so I'm leaning towards Pints in this one.
1: Yeah, uh, I think Waratahs, uh, around 13, they went down by 40 points to Pints. And uh, I think there was a game early in the year where they where they lost. But in the middle of that year, though, in the middle of the year, Pints... Yeah, it's had um, to, yeah well, and Waratahs so. definitely had some injuries as well during that period. But I think Pints will win, but I reckon it's going to be a close it'll one. Be a cl- um, yeah, it'll be yeah, a lot reckon, closer than expected. I reckon two or three goals max. But if Waratahs win, I would not be surprised if the Waratahs that i seen yeah, last week weekend. shows up yeah. because that that was a very good outfit. Definitely. Um, definitely. So we'll go into the St. Mary's. Just looking at the team's nightcliff, it seems that Hamish Hartlett has come in for the Tigerland boys. Um, other than that, it looks yeah pretty similar sort of side. Uh, Cameron Islett is named so that he comes in. He didn't play last week. Um, young Petros Politis is playing some really good football probably going to be the rising star do you imagine St Mary's though only made the one change big change Sammy Fowler the rat has gone out for Jay Boyle which I think wasn't an admission but which does happen with the flying rule doesn't it so you do pick you know players for tracks, and I think that's probably a d- good decision considering Jay Boyle is a bit more of a wet track specialist, heavy 10 type. Yeah,
2: he's got that big body size, and he, he, he can go through the mid, and he's a goal-kicking mid as well, um, mm. same like Smithson. So to add that to your um, stocks is pretty good. So that's the thing with Fowler. Like, you can you can change him move moving around, but it has to be a dry conditions, I believe, for him. Mm. So um, a, a good move um, in regards to that flying to change one end for another. Um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to have Camille come back in. I know he, he he's a professional and he he'll definitely have the the work under his belt. But he, I don't think he's played too many games in the past um, or even after Christmas. So you know whether he comes in a bit underdone. But I know he, you know you can never really match um, a game simulation, no matter what type of training you do. So mm. um, maybe the wet weather helps him a bit more because it won't be a fast um, running game. Um, so. Good yeah. to see Cammy Islet back out there, but whether that helps the the Nycliffe players or whether it um you know slows them down a bit, it's it's a hard one to to call. Well, it's
1: gonna it's gonna be really interesting what Nycliffe do from this point on if they do lose this game. What they're going to do next season? Um, oh Zach Rinaldi, who's a three pointer, is a very good player in there. Magooza's coming as well because Daniel Quinn's named in as emergency. He's a future player for the club. I'm, I was pretty disappointed with that decision. I'll be honest with you because. Um, where to next for them. They have yeah. an
2: ageing list. You've got to be building around you those gotta, kids. You've so. got to be
1: playing him. And, and you the know, four or five
2: of them have been rising star nominations this year. So I reckon you got to play them all and, and yeah. get them ready for the, what's, what's coming yeah. in the next few years. So Considering
1: the young fellas at St. Mary's are playing as well. But yeah, I, I am... You tipping, mate. I, I'm going to go with Saints in this one, but I'm not super confident. Um, but the issue is that I think Saints bounce back, but I think Nycliffe were just a bit off last week. If Nycliffe show up this week, they're in up to the rivals in this, aren't they?
2: Yeah, definitely. And we, and we spoke about niklas ability to, to keep teams to a lower score with that back line and Brownie playing some really good footy right? as, well, yeah, as well. As well as Nyhouse. And, and Boyo um, Paris. And Boyo's back. And, and it was awesome to see Boyo back out there and, and having the influence he did have last weekend. So, you know, shout out to Boyo, um, one of the epilepsy brothers of mine. So, yep. um, you know, good, great to see him back out there and, and playing some good footy. So he's going to bring plenty for them this weekend Um, so yeah it's going to be a tough one to tip Um, and it's obviously just going to come down to me being a St. Mary's man and I'm hoping they respond so I'll lean towards Saints by another bloody uh, close
1: one maybe a five point game mate yeah, I reckon it's going to be close. It'll be interesting also to see what Saints do, if they do anything with Brodie Philo, if there is a bit more of a run with sort of role with him, if Kieran Parnell does go to him. But I think Saints just, I reckon it's going to be another close one as well. Um, After the break, guys, we do have Scooter Carlin, a recruit that's come up for the Warriors, who's in, been in some really good form and probably a top four. I think he might have finished in the top five in their best and fairest as well. So stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Rain and Horn Darwin, SEN for, uh, on in the Fridays in the top end. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. So we do have Scooter Carlin uh, coming on the show in about three to four minutes. Um, but we will preview this game, Raf, the Waratahs versus Crocs game. Um, just on PlayHQ and the sides. I think, Waratahs do look like they were named a somewhat weaker side from last week. If these sides are correct, you never know if they are correct. But um, maybe we can ask Scooter that. But... <laughs> I'm interested to see how districts go because they do have – I think they've played – this will be their second game that they've, they've played in four and a bit weeks. So does yeah. that affect them coming into this finals?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it does, you know, depending on how much hard work they've done and if they've done Saturday sessions to to sort of simulate the, the missing out on a run in the legs and in that game type, sort of thing. I, I was paranoid about our boys missing a game on the weekend at Div 2, so I made yeah. us do a boxing session to – get a bit of a blowout to make up for not, not playing a game of footy. So hopefully, um, I know Shannon, mm-hmm. Shannon Ruska, he's been around for long enough to, to know that they've got to get some run in the legs. So hopefully they've done that and they come out, um, you know, not not slow starting. So yeah, that, it's got to be a sensational game either way, Rob. But you know, these two teams have been the standout teams all along. And you know, after last week, we've sort of dropped Saints out of that top three race now, I reckon. And Definitely out of the
1: top two race. I've got them third now. Definitely
2: third, but Herbert wins this, but I don't think it's going to be much separating them. Same like the other game. I think there's going to be a kick in it. Um, Yeah. yeah. But it'd be interesting to see how districts are, like you said, um, having those couple of games in a month of footy.
1: So districts do have the form over them. They have beaten them twice this year. Um, One at at Norbilt. When Waratahs went in, War- I, th- I honestly think Waratahs did go in with underman sides both those games. So Crocs, but Crocs got the chocolates and had the big win against uh, Tars at home as well. Um, but Waratahs have had six or seven solid ins from the last time they played Crocs, so they're up to it and they're uh, up to their eyeballs in this one. And obviously Michael Bowden will captain because Dean Staunton did get that suspension.
2: Yep. So, so, that's, so that's one hmm. I look at, mate. Um, you know, I think maybe dist- Districts haven't played. The Waratah full-strength side and and seen their best and mm. what they can bring, so that that adds another element to the game where you know Crocs have to really respond quickly to you know players they probably didn't expect or hadn't seen play
1: yet and how they you know stop their influence or can, mm. and, and can slow them down. So and yeah, Waratahs do have a lot of state league talent, as do Crocs as well. But for this one, I think there's two factors that Crocs haven't played. This will be their second game in four weeks, which is concerning for me. And then obviously they win and have the grand they have final will be yeah, yeah. their third game in six weeks. So it's just – that's crazy. But – and Waratahs, I think Waratahs are a lot stronger than what they've shown Crocs with their hand. Yeah, definitely. So – on that basis, I'm tipping Waratahs.
2: Yeah, mate. And, and the way they played last week in the wet conditions, um, you know, and they'll be full of confidence. They've got nothing to lose now, Waratahs. So they're, they're definitely going in as a favourite for me as well. Um, mm. So especially that form they showed on the weekend um, and the way they made look St. Mary's look second rate. I mentioned that early in the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, So, but it's a big one. Like Guys like Matty Dennis, who hasn't played much finals footy up here, um, now he, you know, he gets that opportunity, so he's going to come out and 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 give it. He's probably one of his best games for for a long, long time, I believe, and and he won't let um, Crocs go, you know, roll out with, without a fight for um, this weekend.
1: Yeah, Dean Stomp will be back when he'll lose next week or the week later. But I'm I'm going Tars by about two goals on this one.
2: Yeah, it's going to be one of those ones. I reckon, make another two or three goal game and. Yeah, like I said just before, I'm leaning towards Tars after that performance last week and District's coming off a couple of weeks off.
1: Yeah, let's just say that Waratahs do win this. What are your chances giving Districts a week later against the Saints or in Eikliff? Or do you think Saints will bounce back like they did last
2: year? It's the same as last year. Yeah, it'll be the same as last year, but um, Saints need a really good win. Um, But then then it'll probably wake up having a lost district if they lose it'll wake them up and it's almost like waking the giant I guess but whether that's happened to Saints as well losing to Waratahs like they did on the weekend it's a, mm. it's going to be a very interesting final race in the next yeah. couple of weeks
1: yep it's definitely a lot more uh, comprehensive last week and one other player that's named for Waratahs who's, who's one of my personal favourites I think it's Joel Stevens he just because he gives them something different. He's more of an explosive midfielder, can play halfback, can play forward, and he is hard at it. Um, So I really like the look of Joel Stevens. And if he is playing, then that's a player that Waratahs missed last year in the grand final, I think, as well. Um, Have we got Scooter Carla on the line now?
5: Yeah, you do, boys. How are you?
1: Scooter, how are you, mate? Um, You've had a terrific season. How are you finding your footy in the top end, mate?
5: Yeah, um, I'm finding it really good up here. sort of enjoyed it ever since I got up here. It's different style of footy. So, yeah, it's going good so far. we have got a good bunch of lads at the Warratars land.
1: Yeah, definitely do, mate. Um, so you're going in against Southern Districts. You've lost both times to them this year, um, 28 and 37 points. How are you guys going into this one to turn the result around?
5: Yeah, so they beat us by, like, you know, that five and six goals, like you said. Um, like this is a massive game for us this weekend. We've got a few players back in, which is good. And we just, yeah, we know what we've got to do. They got on top of us in the midfield last time, I reckon. So that's a key focus for us this weekend. And you know, just it comes down to our setup and structure, I reckon, which can get us over the line. Yes, got uh,
2: it, here, mate. Uh, And who do you, or Ryan identify as your dangerous players for the Crocs that you you must, um, you know, slow down their impact or or put a tagger on them even.
5: Yeah, so definitely definitely they're rocking and Dennis, so he's gonna be massive for them. If we can you know, Kirby can shut down him, that'll be big for us, and then Jake McQueen's in form and the likes of Jack Menther as well, I'd say, are their key players.
1: Yep. No worries. What what difference is, Scotty, i 'cause I've I've seen you played a bit of uh, Tac Cup footy. Um, yep. For the in Ballarat there, um, and also with uh, some G some of EFL football as well with Geelong. What sort of level of... How, how have you compared that football to the Territory style?
5: Yeah, it's sort of... It, it is hard to compare because up here it's sort of a... I find it's a more of a free-flowing game, um, offensive and, yeah, spread out. the down in Victoria, it's sort of more stoppages and I find there's a lot more structure in place in the games. But I definitely think it's a really good standard in my footy career that I've played so yeah
1: yeah do do you feel also that the sides you went in with against Southern Districts the last two times when you have lost has been a lot weaker than the side you got this
5: week yeah it it has been weaker like we did have you know six or seven different blows from that first time till this weekend's game so yeah I think we're confident enough with the team we've got going in yeah it's
2: yeah, so last week's win, mate, that was an awesome win by you boys. Is that, um, you know, I, I guess on the training track you'd be up and about and, um, you know, you, you sort of go into this week with nothing to lose. Is that is that the feeling around the club this week?
5: Yeah, it is. So we had a really good week on the track there last week and we knew that, yeah, St. Mary's come back at us hard and um, they had a good win in the end. So we knew we had to um, start really strong and just hold that lead, which what I think that's what we did. We sort of played the, the conditions and we played wet weather footy, which was good.
1: And uh, what, what are your plans in the off-season, Scooter?
5: Um, so, yeah, i am gonna plan on staying up here. I sort of like it up here. Um, I'm going to go down and play a couple of games for Tarang Mortlake, which is my home club, and then, yeah, get down to Catherine Camels and play a few games there. They have got a good bunch of lads down there and had a good win in the flag last year against Nooker. So, yeah, it'll be good.
1: Is, is there, and also, has there been any sort of style, um, any surprises with the coaching, like with Ryan Airs compared to other coaches you've had previously?
5: Yeah, I find each coach is a different. I like taking things from each coach. So, yeah, Ezzie's different. He loves you know free-flowing and footy and has good team plan and structure for, for us. So, yeah, i is like, a good fellow as well.
1: Also. Yeah, awesome work, Scooter. Uh, that's all we've got time for today, mate. But best of luck for tomorrow's game. I'm really looking forward to this one. And I'm uh, at the moment, I've got you guys tipped to win it.
5: Yeah, no, thanks for that. It uh, should be a good thanks. game. Thanks, boys. Yeah. Cheers, thanks, Scooter. Thanks, Scooter. All
1: the best, mate. Scott. Scott Cullen there, who's had a really good season. I um, oh, did coach his two two brothers in Catherine. So um, they play at the Camels there and they played some Magoos yeah, football. Um, so it's, a good yeah, it's not connection. good hearing that
2: because, mate, I was going to have another run around in the, in the Catherine League as well for the Daily Buffaloes. So, um, oh, gee, yeah. he's going to – the average yeah. is like
1: yeah, high numbers. Here, yeah, I don't want to so.
2: have to uh, chase someone around like Scotty um, Carlin, mate, because I'm, I'm definitely past it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, prolific ball getter.
1: After the break, guys, I think we'll go. We'll do have a bit more in depth conversations about some AFL stuff, NTFL stuff, big weekend of football ahead. Stay tuned. You listen to SEN Fridays in the Top M. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. Welcome back to Rain and Horn Darwin, SEN Fridays in the Top M. We've got Andrew O'Toole for NT Racing, Thoroughbred Racing NT, tops in the Top End. Andrew, you there, mate? I am, boys. How are we this morning? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good, so, good. Uh, how how was the race card last week in Alice Springs? We'll just touch on that one to start us off.
6: Yeah, just a small card in Alice last week, only the four races there, but uh, no, some good racing uh, in the red centre. The Grand Old mare roughly, she won her 18th uh, race uh, down there last week. She's uh, a marvel. She's 10 years old, but uh, you certainly wouldn't know it the way she's racing. Alice mm-hmm. had the weekend off this weekend as we return to Darwin, but then from next week, uh, Alice race every week, um, right through till their Cup meeting on Sunday, the 30th of April. So really busy time coming up in the Red Centre.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is. And uh, I did watch a couple of those races, and it? Yeah. Um, so we've got a race card, though, in Darwin tomorrow.
6: Yeah, certainly have. Really been looking forward to this day, guys. It's uh, the uh, first two legs of the National Apprentice Race Series. Uh, mm-hmm. The Territory hasn't been involved in this series, which is uh, National 1, uh, for some nine years. But this year we're back in. And we are hosting the first two legs. So um, our five apprentices um, based in the Territory are taking on uh, five visiting apprentices from around Australia. Um, There's a a points um, series that's underway, um, half a dozen meetings around Australia culminating uh, in uh, Victoria in the middle of uh, April. So really looking forward to welcoming the the younger generation of riders from around Australia here tomorrow in Darwin to take on our own. And um, let's hope the weather treats as well, guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and it looks like it's a five-race card tomorrow, is it, and starting at 3 o'clock?
6: That's right. Uh, certainly is. A good race to start the day. Uh, the Open event, or the benchmark 76, but a good lead-up to the St Pat's Cup in a fortnight's time. So that, yep. uh, that'll that get that program underway. We have the two apprentice races there at races 2 and 4. And our last race is a good field as well. It's a 3- and 4-year-old, uh, 1100, which uh, I think First Crusade can get back to his best form, number one. But, um, yeah, it should be a great day. Looking forward to welcoming the riders from Victoria, Queensland, Tassie, WA and South Australia to clash with our own uh, youngsters here in the top end tomorrow.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, in race one, are we getting back on Beach Haven? Yeah, well,
6: I'd like to think so. He's certainly on trial tomorrow, you would think, for the St. Pat's Cup. This is 1300 um, He's mm. down in the uh, ratings. He's only a 60 rate in the LB Haven, so you'd like mm. to um, think that he would certainly put his best foot forward to give his trainer, town Holder, some confidence heading towards the St. Pat's Cup. But he's Pat's certainly up day, against yeah. uh, a number Yeah, up against a number of good ones here in uh, Noir Daru, Siakam, a uh, newcomer here, and influential Jack uh, and Poopy. So, um, really good race to start the card. But um, young uh, Victorian apprentice Matthew Chadwick, he takes the mount for Town Holder on Beach Haven. So, let's hope he can get him out of the gates, uh, unlike last time when he stood there for a bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, what's missed today? Six lengths. But that's all good, Andrew. Um, best of luck for tomorrow's card. Hope it's a good one. And hope this weather stays good.
6: Yeah, forecast pretty good, guys. So, uh, let's hope they've got it right for a change.
1: Yep, thanks, Andrew. There, that's Andrew O'Toole from NT Thoroughbred Racing, the best show on sand in the top end this Saturday. Uh, Raph, we'll go into what do we got here? This the uh, Jacko's done some really good work here, yeah, writing up some of the AFL. It's, and it's a very interesting one, mate, to see that. But he's actually listed the ex-AFL players in NTFL comp this season. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah. So I think there's believe I think there's about thirty nine ex-AFL players. Um, I've, you know, so he's tallied this, this sort of uh, most seasons, and this season number's about average. Um, obviously, look, you could see the standout, though, in some clubs that have had a lot. Um, so Palmerston do top the list with 10, with Eddie Betts, Travis Farco, Neville Jeddah, Cam Pedersen, Ash Hams, Anthony Treacy, Gary Ablett, Matty Stokes, Ben Nason, and Hayden Schloth. Yeah, some of those names you
2: hear in that one too, mate. You think, um, you know, if they were playing regular football up here, there'd be no way anyone would be able to catch Palmerston if if those boys played more than, you know, four or five games. um, You know, we all know Gary Ablett came up for the one-off game with Matty Stokes. um, But, yeah, that's Mm. that's a lot of players. um, So whether that um, is... Sort of had a bit of an effect and, and shows where Palmerston are sitting, whether they relied too heavily on those bigger names yeah, um, and, well, and not building the, the
1: youth. Yeah. How many of those they, blokes have played after Christmas? That's yeah, the issue that's there. The for Southern Districts, you've got Cam Ellis Yeoman, Dallas Willsmore, Boyd Woodcock, Jai Bolton, Kay Pudney, Lee Williams. So nice. that's six there. And then Tiwi Bombers, we've got Jack Dorr, Harley Bennell, Nathan Jacura, Sam Darley, Josh Hill, and Austin Mary. For the Tigers, we've got jo- John Butcher, Ryan Nyhouse, Hamish Hartlett, Andrew Hooper, and Tom North, with three of those blokes playing tomorrow. Wanderers, you've got Stephen Motlop, Marla Motlop, Shane Thorne, and Liam Patrick. Stephen Motlop in some really good form this season. Buffaloes, we've got Mitch Robinson, Tom Jock, Maddie Campbell at the Tars, Tom Fields, Garrick McDonough, and Joel Crocker, and then for the pints, Jacob Dawson, and for St Mary's, Jade McGrath, who's only played the one game, Jade McGrath.
2: Yeah, I'd I, I, um, one of my favourites when he's up and about. Jade McGrath. Mm. When I seen him run around the preseason, there, I was I was like, Jesus, going to be good to have him bounce back and be in that four line for St Mary's. But that's a a very, very strong list of AFL. Some of those names, and they're not just blokes who have played, you know, 10 games. There's some blokes, you know, Mitch Robinson over the 200 mark. You know, Gary Ablett, legends of the game. Um, Matty Stokes, Magic Dawes, he's an awesome player as well. And even Stephen Motlop, you know, he's 200-plus gamer. And, and the form he's in at the moment, it's 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 surprising that he's still not on the list to be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and the surprise packet of that whole group is probably Joel Crocker because Joel Crocker's been an exceptional form for the Waratahs post Christmas, getting over his um OP um, but yeah, look, it's not, it's not a guarantee though, is it? If you bring in all these ex-AFL blokes that they're going to make your side better.
2: Yeah, definitely and, and some of them, you know, sort of pass their best sort of mm. footy, that's why they're running around and having a kick up here um, so if you do get those blokes who've played one or two seasons on a list and you're getting them at that mid twenty or late 20s um with plenty of good footy left in them. That's for the that's biggest impact, wonderful. yeah. Yep. But I understand clubs get these, um, you know, these older players to try and bring in some experience and and um, whatnot. And Eddie Betts, what he's done for the Palmerston Magpies over the last couple of seasons and what he's brought into that club is has, has been phenomenal, and also for the territory footy in itself.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty surprising list. Um, So, yeah, we'll move forward. Uh, Best and fairest winners, they were announced on Facebook through their social club social medias. We had Waratahs, Jaden Magro, St. Mary's, Dill Lance. So both those guys are now seeing top end five. Um, No real surprise there for mine. Nah, definitely not, mate. Um, Dill Lance's
2: season has been one of the best he's had up here, and um, he's got to be in the running for the... He's, if he doesn't finish top three then, um, and then Nichols, mate, um, in the nickels, mate, in the following week or next so, Sunday, it's going to be... <laughs> are you predicting him to win it? I've actually got him winning it. Um, just because every game he's played, I think they put up the stats because mm. he won the um, the play of the year award from the NTFL as well. Um, mm. uh, the sponsored one, I forgot what it was sponsored by, but yep. he won that uh, clearly for about 10 votes. So I don't think he's going to win the nickels by that many, but I th- definitely have him um, clear favourite at the moment.
1: Yeah, I've got him up there with Philo. I think Till Nant and Brody Philo will be in the in the running for that. Um, I think Waratahs just have too many blokes to steal from yeah. each from each other, and that was the way last season. They had I don't know what it was four or five blokes on eight plus votes, yeah. and it's just they're just stealing from each other.
2: Sometimes it's um depending on what you like, all, all play for premierships, so sometimes mm. it's a good thing to have five or six of your mates um, all finishing around the same mark. But yeah, sometimes you you'd like to see the the best player rewarded, um, you know so. Yeah, I'd be, a, and I, most of them get up there when they win it, and they say, you know, I'd change this for a premiership medal um, next mm. weekend. So that's that's the feeling for most players who win these individual awards, because we all know that's what footy's about. There's been the best team.
1: Yeah, well, Nate Burdi's though did have that dominant year and got two votes or something. Yeah. So like the 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 Nichols medal is so unpredictable. With you never know what the umpires are going to do it. Is it one of those
2: things? You, you think, Rob? Like, and you hear the AFL start to talk about it, whether they take the the voting system away from the umpires. That's a, that's a whole another conversation. Yeah. If, you, if we had the time and to talk about it, like I know we've only got a few minutes yeah. left of our show, but what do you reckon? Just a quick. Um, I just
1: I just hate hate it when like last season we had players play in 80-point losses and get two votes, 60-point losses and get three votes. I just don't like seeing that and yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't, I don't stand alone on that. So how yeah. do you see that?
2: No, definitely mate. I'm on the same page with you and um, you know, it's so hard for an umpire to be concentrating on every contest but then also mm. to, to, to work out who is his best player as well where you know, if you've got a couple of bloody... You know, I don't know, past players or someone sitting in the crowd that, and, and non-biased as well, they've got to be. But, you know, you can see the whole game and see the, every possession and every contest that players make where an umpire's only can view what's in front of him at, at every given moment. Mm. Um, I know they all sit down at the end and, and talk about it, but then again, um, I think they're, they're too busy to, to be able yeah. to see the best players and, and actually give a clear vote.
1: Yeah, definitely. And... and um I like the unpredictability of it, but I just don't like how unpredictable it is right now. Yeah, definitely. That's
2: and, and, yeah, like you said, given players have, have lost by 80 points
1: and, and they've somehow finished second on, on the best on ground. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a hard one to So, re- recapping a bit of the tips, I've gone for Saints in a close one, Waratah's in a close one. And then in the women's, I've gone Saints, you know, maybe by three goals. And then I think Pints by about one or two.
2: Yeah, and I've, I'm not much difference, mate. I think the only difference with me is probably the scores. and But they're all going to mm. be close ones. So I reckon all close. Yeah, I reckon if you've got nothing on this weekend get mm-hmm. down to NTFL because there's going to be four cracker games. and
1: You've got your game. What's yeah, and yours? also
2: there's another one, the cracker at the back at um, 2 o'clock, the Div 2 yep. men. So if, you, if you're very bored, come down and watch us boys run around in the mud.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the Southern District's boys are hunting heads in the Div 2, so Look out. hopefully the umpires can keep that under control <laughs> if that does happen as well. Um, and also next week we'll touch on the NTFL Rising Star. Um, there's a few little predictions there, and maybe we'll go into some more, more depth. Um, depth on the Nichols medals perhaps as well. Thanks, everyone, for your listening in to us today on Rain, at Rain and Horn, Darwin. SEN Fridays in the top end with Raf Clark, Robbie Hale and Jackson Clark.